Welcome to Echoes Down the Road, a podcast presented by the band West of House. My name is Eric, and this is episode one of our podcast. We're honored that you've joined us. In this first episode, the band will be talking about how we got together and how we recorded our debut album, Crescendo of Silence, during a global pandemic. So here we go, the debut episode of Echoes Down the Road. Welcome, everyone. This is Echoes Down the Road, the West of House podcast. My name is Eric. My name is Lance. This is Tommy. I'm Kevin. And like I said, we are West of House. Now, you may be wondering, who the hell is West of House? Well, we are a band, and we've decided to do a podcast along with our our music. Uh, We've got a lot to talk about. We're going to be going over all the songs uh, from our album, Crescendo of Silence, which is out now, and we will push that a little bit later. And we're going to spend the next 10, 11 episodes kind of talking about how we make music, uh, what these songs are about, going through piece by piece the things that we recorded. And then once we finish that, who knows? Maybe there will be a season two where we delve into new and exciting things. What do you think, gentlemen? Sounds great. We should do all those things. And share about our life. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Mostly Kevin's life. I agree. I concur. Yeah, season one, I think the plan here is to take the 10 songs of our album you just introduced, and including this introduction, we'll have 11 episodes for season one. And then obviously season two, we're hopefully going to continue this magic and talk about anything and everything with when and in our lives from Utah California. And Kevin, where are you? Are you on the border now? Are you in Canada? I'm almost there. I am in Vancouver, Washington, right next to Portland. Nice. Yeah, you can tell us where you are, Tommy. I live in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Utes. That's where I live. The Utes are the big team here. And I know what you're going to ask. What is a Ute? Everybody knows that movie, right? The Utes. What is a Ute? All right, Ute are done now. <laughs> oh. So as you've gathered, uh, west of house, there's five of us. Dave isn't here. Uh, there's a little guy named Dave. We'll talk about him <laughs> a little bit later. But we are scattered all over the nation right now. At, at one time, we all lived in California. Well, like we said, we got three in California right now, me, Dave, and Lance. We got Kevin in Washington and Tommy in Utah. And that'll be some interesting things we talk about. And how did we record an album with guys in three different states? And that's not even to mention uh, the gentleman, Bobby Phillips, who mixes and masters all our stuff. He's in Wyoming. So we are spread out. But we will talk a little bit about that today, about COVID and recording during a lockdown. But first, let's begin at the beginning, shall we? We shall. Where all, where all things start. Uh and how this band actually got together. Uh, so you guys probably don't know. Maybe two or three of you do, if you're familiar with us. But I have been in the music business since the early 90s. I'm an old man, an old man of rock. I cut my teeth playing on the Sunset Strip back in the 90s with a band called Revelation and then moving on to a band called Once Upon a Time. After that, I started a band in the late 90s called God Complex, 
and met a young man with much bigger hair and the same big head, Tommy Maris, <laughs> who is who, who's in this band. We'll talk a little bit about that. Okay, fast forward from God Complex, and several years go by, and several kids come out, and I'm married, and I have a career, and well, we decide to get back into the music thing again. And I spent a few years in a band called The Mad Ones, which Lance and Kevin will probably talk about. But this time last year, I was getting the itch. The Mad Ones were on hiatus, and I needed to create. I had just built a studio in my new home, and I wanted to put out some music. So I initially started a solo project and started with a song called Fallen, which you guys may or may not have heard. It is on Crescendo in Silence, track eight. There's a commercial for you. And I wrote the song around late December and I needed a drummer. So who do I call one of the best drummers from my past? Mr. Tommy. Tommy, why don't you jump into the conversation now and... And take over for a little bit. All right. So tell us how you got to this how point. How did I get to this point? Well, my first instrument was the violin in second grade. And I was pretty okay for a seven year old playing violin. And uh, I remember my dad was a traveling salesman and I would play the phone on the couch and play Mary Had a Little Lamb or something. And then came the day when I had to put my fingers down on a fretboard with no markings and that was just too much I uh, couldn't take it so we traded my violin for a snare drum and I remember to this day going and doing that and riding home in the back of our pickup truck we had a truck with a shell on it and a carpet kit inside so I could ride in the back and uh, I set the thing up in the back of the truck I was so excited but I set the stand upside down because I had no idea what I was doing and anyway, uh, I played in concert bands for seven years and didn't even try playing a drum set till I was 15 and got into uh, playing drum set. So <laughs> kind of a funny story. I was living in Montana at the time and I was in junior high and in Montana, ninth grade was uh, high school. So I was coming out of eighth grade and the band director said, you need to go in the second band. You're not good enough for the first band. So when you go sign up, make sure you sign up for the second band. I did not sign up for the second band. I signed up for the first band and uh, that was cool because I got to play in the pet band with some uh, other people that were really good and I got to do some things I would not have if I would have listened to my band director at the time. So then I started playing a drum set at that point and then I moved back to Utah in high school and then learned how to read music and got into playing marimbas and stuff like that. I uh, went to University of Utah and got on the drum line there and started playing that kind of stuff. So I've played a bunch of different things, concert band, orchestra, marching band, drum set, uh, you know, mallet instruments, that kind of thing, which gets me to about my mid twenties and I want to be a rock star. I think there's a song in that. And I moved to California and got in the band with my brother and, uh, that went pretty well for a little while. Then that band broke up and then I was looking for another band and I found an ad for God complex. I listened to the songs and they were pretty silly and fun and crazy, but Eric's vocal hooked me amazing vocal sound. And, um, it seems like when I pick bands, it's because of the vocalist, not necessarily because of the music, even though the music was awesome. 
And I went and auditioned and I made the band. It was a little stressful because Eric was there with his wife and everybody's in the room. And, you know, if you have to please the singer and his wife, that's a that's a tough, tough go at it. But apparently I did. I made the band and uh, we did a EP. And then I had a kid and then he had some kids and I moved back to Utah and, uh, uh, <laughs> well, how, how much further do I need to go? See, then I went to Nashville and I was in a band there and did some recording there. Then I came back to Utah, uh, fast forward to the beginning of 2020 or the end of 2019. And Eric's like, Hey, I've got this song I want drums on. Do you want to do it? And I said, sure. Cause I had the itch too. I pretty much took 2019 off. I didn't play drums for about 13 months and uh, recorded the song, which uh, is on the album and it turned out really well. And that That's was quite the history, Tony. I know. Right. Well, I, that was the quick version of it. We all feel like we know you a little better now. <laughs> it's true. I did not know that you had to try out for Eric's friendship and play drums. Oh yeah. That's new information for me. <laughs> It was a two-stage audition. What was your What was your favorite percussion instrument? Um, well, my favorite percussion instrument. Wow! Out of all the ones you've listed, the, out of all of the things I've played, um, I, I don't know. It, uh, I, you know, I like doing orchestral stuff because I don't get to do that very much, and I don't do that a whole lot either. I do sub work around town if somebody needs a part played that. Uh, either can't be played or they don't have enough people to play it I'll get the call but it, that's a lot of fun um, of course drum set is great especially when I can record out of my house because you know if, if you just practice all the time and you don't get to record then it's kind of boring so getting to record and realizing how much more practice I should be doing after hearing the playback is uh, <laughs> is good but uh yeah, I was going to say something about Lance, or to Lance, and I for, totally forgot. Well, you're going to get a, a chance to hear from Lance. Uh, listening to your, your diatribe there, which was good, uh, reminded me that I didn't say anything about what I do. And if you're listening to this, you probably don't know uh, what I do either. Uh, Tommy is, of course, the drummer, as he said. Uh, I am the singer, guitarist, and songwriter uh, for the band. My background is in guitar. Uh, learned when I was eight, been playing ever since. I'm still not good yet, but I can write a song. So we'll, we'll call it win-win. And I, I dabble in the singing as well. And well, you guys can decide when you listen to our stuff, what you think of that. But Tommy, appreciate the, uh, the props about the vocals. Glad you still like my singing. still love your singing. And, um, it's funny. So the night before my audition, oh yeah, I was going to tell you there's a two part audition, like you said. So the night before my audition, I was really freaked out. I wanted to have everything just right. So I actually, I was married at the time, but I slept outside in another room listening to all the songs all night. Like, so I, you know, even while I was sleeping just to get them more in my head. So when I went to the audition, I felt more prepared. <laughs> How's that for dedication? I, I didn't know that. It's good. So from the very, you know, top, I put stress upon your relationships <laughs> and, and affected your self-esteem. Well, no, but well, on the couch ma making the, well, that was self uh, planned. You know, I'm like, I just want to listen to these songs all night and just let them get into my head. 
So I actually did that. But yeah, um, like Eric said, this that <laughs> God Complex was a two-part audition. I was on probation for a little while. And then... Um, You're still on probation. <laughs> I don't know how many times you fired me. Uh, oh, so many. I, I, I've lost count and... And well, I'm sure it's not the last. You'll probably time. fire me in this episode <laughs> before and we're done. There's a really good chance of it. <laughs> but no, it, you know what? I was gonna say it's been uh, it's been good. I mean, we've known each other for 20 years, and you know, fell apart a little bit because of life. And so I'm really excited and happy that we were able to come back. Uh, Eric writes songs that, as a drummer, gives me a lot of space to do some things if I want, or I can pull it back if I need to. And he's, he's pretty good about letting me come up with parts and, and just go my own way. So, you know, it's a pleasure and an honor, and I'm looking forward to more. And I'm so glad we can do this online uh, during the Rona because uh, this would be impossible from different states, regard, even, uh, even without Rona. So I'm so glad we're able to do all this together. But apart. It, it would definitely be... A lot harder, and, and you can always go your own way. It's the Fleetwood Mac ethos that I subscribe to. It's <laughs> a little, I don't think little you, deep musical humor. I don't think you, you know mean it's, it the way uh, they do. <laughs> no, probably not. You know, it's uh, you mentioned God Complex. I mean, that, that was a band. We had a good run. We were together from 96 to 2003. We were signed, uh, had some charting singles, even hit one in some local market in, what was it, Wisconsin or something crazy. So we had some fun. Didn't make a dime, of course, because bands didn't make any money then. Or now, yeah. by the way, in case you were wondering. <laughs> <Still waiting. laughs> uh, but, you know, let's, uh, well, let, let's give the listeners a little treat, Tommy, uh, of our background. Uh, what song? What song should we, should we play right now? Hey, let's do uh, a little song about... Lucy. All right. So here's a bit. We won't play the whole thing, so we don't want to bore you. But here's a little clip of God Complex. This is me and Tommy in 2001. One, two, three. It was before my daughter was born. Recorded at Sunset Sound in Hollywood, California. In the same studio that Prince uses and Van Halen. Who are both dead. Thanks, Tony, for bringing for bringing Used. us all down. That would be past tense. Though. All right. Shut up. Play the damn song. So there you have it. There's a little blast from our past. Uh, not any real stylistic similarities to West of House. So there's a little bit there. There's actually a little bit of Lucy in Denmark Calling. 
I don't know if you guys knew that. Some syncopation in the vocal, and I think I stole about three or four notes from a vocal melody and threw it into Denmark. Nice. So there's new information for you. Brand new information. Brand new information. All right, so you've got me in the band. Well, you know, still not a band yet. Still a solo project when Tommy joins. But we need someone to play bass. Who could that be, Tommy? Who will play bass for us? You know, I was thinking about maybe Lance. What do you think? Lance. Oof, I, I got I, nervous I, there. I'm I vaguely remember him. I'm Let's hear this, from Lance. I'm in this podcast, and I was a little nervous about the answer to that question. <laughs> Just in case <laughs> history changed on the fly. Dodged that one for sure. Yeah, I don't remember the timing of all this, but um, as you mentioned, Eric, we've been playing off and on over the summers with the Mad Ones, which you, me, Kevin, and another fellow friend of ours, Scott. But uh, this situation, now that we're in a recording scenario, I guess when you asked me, and you already had asked Tommy to join on this little single solo project, or I think was just Fallen at the time. I don't know how many songs you had planned, but you got to find a drummer who has microphones. And I think Tommy fits that bill perfectly, as well as he was a blast of my past too. So I was excited that you even brought him in um, to this project because we used to play at a local church for a while. That's right. We did all play together, didn't we? About 20 years ago, almost. Yes, we did. When I was seven years old. For quite a few years. Yeah. And <laughs> Kevin wasn't born yet. Kevin was still in diapers. Wait, wait. How, we how old were you? Recording. Did you say you were seven years, years old? Ago, I was seven years old. Oh, oh man. God. Kevin. I was older than you 20 years ago. <laughs> it's okay. I'll, I'll get there. Than you are now. Yeah. Okay, I was waiting for the end of that sentence because that didn't make any sense. But it did at the I end. I mean, you've always been older than him, Tommy. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, I mean, I was older than him now 20 years ago. Does that yeah, make sense? That, that was so if that, you take 20 does, years off of my number, it's still bigger than his number now. How about that? Tommy, right. you're, you're fired just for bringing math to the podcast. <laughs> I'm a drummer, yeah. and I do math. I mean, I'm a prog guy, so it's all about math. You're, you're something, all right. <sighs> now, let Lance talk. He's, he's telling us a very interesting tale. Well, we're trying to. Okay, get back I to just, your tale, Lance. I did have a ponytail, but that was in college. Bring it back. Now you're fired. Thankfully. I thought it was a mullet. It's more of a hey. mullet, wasn't it? Thankfully, I had a, that mullet has I had a mullet. Oh, so... Hold on, Lance. I'm going to interject here. Speaking of mullets, I had a mullet when I first met Eric, and he gave me the hardest this time about it. And when I turned 30, I cut it off, and we went out to dinner that night, and I didn't tell anybody, and I just show up at the... It was a We went to a Chinese place that <laughs> night, and I showed up with my new hairdo, and it was spiky, and it was frosted, and he was happy that I chopped off my mullet. So you really affected me in a lot of ways back then. I, I took you from a mullet to frosted tips. Is wow. that what you're saying? And then I think That's you, not a good And turn. then I think you bought me Chinese food that night. So, How do you remember this stuff? Uh, you know, you remember the terrorizing or the <laughs> terrorizing. <laughs> <laughs> the abuse. <laughs> yeah, he lives the abuse. Is, this is turning into therapy. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 
You know, wow. I was just I was so traumatized because I chopped off my mullet, and I just remember <laughs> and well, there's there's another part of the story I don't know if we should talk about. <laughs> Oh, that was so good. It's oh, a good story. A, a good story that we will not share, not even in the East Wow. <laughs> okay, back to Lance. <laughs> All right, back to Lance. Sorry about that, So Lance. Mad Ones, yeah, no worries. Mad Ones typically is a summer project band where we played at the Orange County Fair and had a good time with friends and family. So in the winter, I guess, is when this all got started and and so of typical fashion, hey, Lance, you want to record a song or play some music? Of course, I'm going to say yes, since music, friends, and drinking beer are three of my favorite hobbies. So that's kind of how that got started for me. I don't know. I don't know if I have the testicular fortitude to go as deep as Tommy did with my musical background, because Tommy's everything I'm not. I am not musically educated like he is. I never joined the band. In fact, I used to make fun of people in the band. That was my sad, bitter... I was kind of a jerk myself, I guess. But but I did learn bass and guitar. I don't know. I think it was my sophomore, junior year in high school. And I think my first song was a Doors song and then a Zeppelin song. And the rest is history. I played in a lot of different worship bands. And after college, I started another band and played in some hippie houses in college and learned how to just jam and make stuff up on the fly, which is not necessarily what I do, but it's pretty close to how I still write music. I listen to what's going on and whatever comes to me comes out. So I think this project had been a lot of fun for me. And this whole idea of doing a podcast, talking about it is a pretty cool way to reminisce about this whole past year, which Lord knows we all need something positive from a horrific 2020. Well, and hopefully like our music background, we get much better at the podcast as we go along. Spoilers. It can only get better. It can only get better. So if you're still listening, you know, at this point, thank you. It will get better. This is our first time doing this. Uh, We literally have no idea what we're doing. We're used to communicating through music. So just yapping, that's uh, kind of a different monster there. For so sure. we've got Tommy. Speaking we've of, we've got Lance. Speaking of yapping, I mean, w- w- speaking of yapping, we we could go power trio. We could be the new Rush at this point. Oh, my heart. But you know, I the the problem is I'm no good at guitar. <laughs> so where do we go? Where do we go from here? Let us talk to the the most verbal member of West of House, Kevin Huynh. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, man. I think we, when you first um, brought up the idea of this band was, uh, we were at NAM. I think, if I don't, I don't remember yesterday, like, you, like we yourself. were at NAM. That, that sounds like a conversation we would have and at NAM. We were working on, or you showed me Fallen, and we were discussing drums, and then we ran into Tommy. I think, if I recall. <laughs> also correct. We did see Tommy and Nam. Yeah, you've got this. You you don't have to this, question this it. This was about three or four beers <laughs> deep. 
at that point. I was going to say, given the <laughs> amount of beers you guys had, I'm surprised you remember this much. So keep going. If I remember correctly, <laughs> no, we, we spoke to Tommy about the project, and then he kind of recruited all of us, kind of like uh, COVID Avengers. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no, I mean, luckily we all had means of, of recording, um, recording remotely and over the web, which is cool. I mean... I think I prefer this. Well, no, I don't. I don't prefer this to like live recording in, in a studio. But it's it's better than what we could uh, could muster now. But the price is right. That's for sure. That's true. Much cheaper. Free is free is nice. Um, yeah. Background. I guess I started playing. My main instrument is piano. And I started as many Asian children do <laughs> at a very young age. Uh, People actually don't know that you're Asian until just now. Oh, yeah. They can't see I you. I get that. I mean, I, I've gotten Mexican, Filipino a little bit. Um, no, I'm, uh, I'm Vietnamese, uh, if you couldn't tell from my last name. But, yeah, like many Asian kids, my parents started me off... Um, around five or six, I think, is when I started playing. And it was all classical, like the most mundane, just most boring piano lessons that you can imagine. And I grew to hate it. And looking back on it now, um, <laughs> I can't imagine a life without it. And thanks to mom and dad, uh, I know the amount of music theory and uh, music prowess i guess that i do today and moving forward to moving forward in the years i started going to a church in santa Ana with eric well we didn't i didn't know any any idea who eric was but i went there from maybe first grade all the way up into high school uh after high school they recruited me to the worship band where Eric eventually started playing, and Lance as well. Um, there, I started picking up guitar. Actually, started learning guitar from uh, Guitar Hero. That's that's what influenced me. Or that's that's why guitar I wanted hero. to play guitar. I wanted to be a guitar hero. And thank you, Guitar <laughs> Hero, for this. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, it had like what five buttons or whatever, and it was like I. Oh, yeah. Piano's got like what, 88 buttons. I can do five. Then, uh, picked that up. Picked up the uh, the movements, but moving up and down fretboard, stuff like that, just basic stuff. And then I found an old guitar in uh, my brother's closet. It's an old $50 Yamaha, no no name, uh, and busted my fingers on that. All the rusted strings and everything. And learned learned a few chords, started learning a few riffs, uh, taught myself basically from playing to videos on YouTube or watching tutorials and learning how to read tablature. Um, yeah, I mean, learning how to read notes in, in piano class, that was for sure like a big, uh, big advantage <laughs> to, to learning how to read tabs. But, um, 
Yeah. And we played in the worship bands and then eventually started gigging uh, throughout the summers, as Lance mentioned, uh, as the Mad Ones. And that became, I think, somewhat of like a coming of age <laughs> musically for me. Yeah, that was pretty much like the only live experience that I've had was with you guys. Um, that and, of course, playing every week in the worship band. But That's really interesting, Kev. I never knew that. I figured you played guitar much longer and joined some bands that were playing in front of some audiences. Yeah, I played so. a few. Like I, I played in like a metal band um, back in high school. Or not in high school, back in after high school. Uh, we were not great. We played at the uh, Chain Reaction in a couple bars. And that's about it. Nice. So you picked up Guitar Hero. And in the, how long have you been playing guitar? Uh, since maybe junior year in high school. What, what year was that? <laughs> Last 2000 year? And so like seven. <laughs> 2008. So 17, 17 years old. 2008. So so he picks up Guitar Hero, and in 12 years, he's already, you know, better than me after my 35. So great. Thanks. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> Appreciate no, it. I, no, it's uh, his, you guys, I mean, if you've listened to the album, you know, but Kevin's guitar prowess, to use his word, is far and away... Uh, well, frankly, he's just one of the best guitarists I've ever played with. Uh, his mastery of melody and nuance and just knowing when to play and more importantly, when not to play, something that most musicians can't seem to figure out. But Kevin will do more with one or two notes than Ingve will with 10,000. And we have seen Ingve, haven't <laughs> we, right. Kevin? Right after Nam. Uh, so we were in the Mad Ones. Yeah. You, we got Mad Ones with me and Kevin and Lance and... You know, Kevin, you, you and I were in another band, weren't we? Yeah, a uh, little electronic outfit. Uh, Kings in the back row. Plug, plug, plug. That, that's right. So a little plug. That band is not dead. It's on hiatus because West of House is extremely busy right now. But Kevin and I did an electronica, post-rock, uh, interesting little band called Kings in the Back Row. Well, we got one song on Spotify out there. It's called Rising. Uh, well, hell, it's our podcast. We can play a little bit of it now, can't we? Play it all. <laughs> all right, so here's a little Kings in the Back Row. This is me and Kevin, uh, and here we are.
and still I rise From the ashes meet the phoenix With a rocket ship equipped to beat the trap and cheat the Venus The solar flares are blinding, but guide me Patrolling where the lies deep inside me are hiding The polar bears are rising, bringing back from a hibernated state Watch me bribe the fates away, a joyful noise I'll make Pray to keep you wide awake, yo There's no escape from the songs of a siren or the palms of a lion Alright, so there you go, and the cool thing, well one being in Kings in the Back Row taught me Ableton, which without Ableton, there's no West of House because I had no <laughs> idea how to use uh, uh, any sort of DAW in our recording. Yeah, I think it has both step out of our comfort zone, both recording-wise and musically. Uh, the other thing was taking some of the things from that Kings of the Back Row project and moving it into West of House songs which I think you can hear in a song like Holy Ghosted, which actually has uh, more programming in it than I'm used to. But, you know, we're starting to embrace that side of things too. In music, there are no rules. There are no mistakes. So you take what you know and, you know, you throw it in. You throw it against the wall and just see what sticks. Like we mentioned earlier... There is another member of the band. That would be Dave Roberts, our other guitar player. He is amazing and fantastic. And he actually joined the band, I think, halfway through the recording of Crescendo of Silence. So he could not make it tonight. He wishes he could. Uh, But, you know, he is loved and remembered fondly. And we'll see him, hopefully, on other episodes. We'll cross our fingers, see if he shows up. So we've got Tommy. We've got Lance. We've got Kevin. And at this point, I'm thinking the members of this group are all too good for me to call it a solo project. Uh, Tommy, Lance, and Kevin. I already talked about Kevin, but Tommy, Lance also. The, the finest in their respective instruments of anyone I've ever played with. At this point, you know, in, in my mind, I'm feeling like I have an absolute all-star project with these three other guys. So, you know, we start the group text message because it is 2020 and that's how all communication gets done these, these days, even though Lance would prefer a phone call, but that's Lance true. is old and weird and no one makes phone calls anymore. Do you have a landline? So we, hey, Lance, do you have a landline? He, he, you know, good thing you asked that. We've actually 2020 killed it. So we did until about a few months ago. You actually got rid of your landline finally? <laughs> yeah. In like April oh when we needed more Wi-Fi than 12 megabytes a second. You were on uh, AOL until like <laughs> two weeks ago. Weren't you? <laughs> Never had AOL. <laughs> DSL maybe, but you were chatting in the chat rooms. I was yeah. I was actually joking. I wouldn't have brought that up if I knew it was 2020 when you got rid of your landline. Yeah, April. 2020. Yeah, it, it caught. He remembers the month. COVID to kill it. Was that traumatic well, for I, you? I remember how happy were. I remember how happy you were to move on from DSL. Mm. So we're all we're very proud of you. Licking my chops. Yeah, see, you've done well for yourself. So we've got a band, and I I tried to look up the text message today. Got erased because we send about ten thousand a month. Uh, but I think we had a chat about band names, didn't we? I think so. Most band name research projects don't go well. No, they don't. I, I, if I remember correctly, I'm going to try to go into the back of my brain and I have an issue remembering things like this. Tommy's much better at it than I am. 
But I think I sent you guys maybe four or five different band names, and I had one in my back pocket that I really wanted. And I sent you a couple, and I think it was almost unanimous, wasn't it? Yeah, I do remember that, actually. And I think Tommy, whenever you ask him for any name, he always gravitates to a pine cone, which we'll get to that maybe in another episode. But <laughs> I, I remember you did send four or five, maybe six out, and then... I don't know if it was crickets or whatnot initially, which is often the case with some of us. Well, let's keep them nameless. But then I think you went on a separate strand and it was just you and me. It was a duet. And I think you just said, hey, what do you think of these names? And I think I just ordered them. And I said, this would be the order. And I believe West of House was my one or two. I had, it was. It was number one. I have I no idea that. what it meant at the time, nor do I remember any of the other names, but it did resonate and it had that kind of weird, awkward, but yet somehow draws you in kind of name. Like, what is this? It kind of conjures you to question, at least for me, it did West of Hallows. Like, what the heck does that mean? Anyways, it was intriguing and I did put it at the top of my list. And then you told me where it came from, which made me giggle because it took me back to my seventh grade year, Kevin which you weren't born at that point, I'm pretty sure. Was it your first choice, Tommy and Kevin? Do you, do you recall? I believe so. For me. Um, I actually... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think I kind of geared towards shorter names. So I would imagine uh, a three-word band name would uh, caught my attention. And I actually don't remember the band name discussion at all. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and well, you, good job. Well, you remember sure you picked, tips. I think you picked this I'm one. I'm okay with it though, if that's the question. <laughs> well, it's, it's a little late now, man. Well, I think we're going to move forward. All right, that's good. I still don't know what it yeah, means. So, though. are we going to ever get to that? <laughs> I'm actually I'm, kidding. Well, you know what? Let's. Uh, I I don't I don't believe you. I don't think you are kidding. Don't don't test I, me. I truly, honestly believe that you have no idea what it Just means. Just believe me when I say I was kidding. Don't. Test me on it. Well, you know what? Fail. Looking at my notes, let's talk about the meaning of the band name. Tommy. (laughs) 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 Okay, so so there are two different meanings to the band. Two different meanings to the band name West of House. Do you do you remember any of them, Tommy? Um I remember where you said you got the name. Which was from a video game. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's and true. I'm gonna the, get fired again, aren't I? No, because I mean we are actually going to share that with the people. So the first meaning of the band name does come from a video game, and I was pretty geeky in the '80s, and rocking my Commodore 64. Uh, rather than you know go out and play a lot of sports and do anything like that, I stayed at home and played way too many games and played way too much guitar. It's working out great now. Uh, but then I, there was a game in the early 80s called Zork. I don't know if well, Tommy may remember it. Kevin was not born, I'm pretty sure, and Lance you know wasn't allowed to have a computer because all technology was you know possessed by the devil. I played outside all day long, all night long. Yes. We. But 
Zork. Is that the Zork. same name that's in Toy Story 2? It's just no, Zerg. That's a uh, Zerg. <laughs> Zork's actually a pretty Sorry. cool bad name. Can we switch it? Can we do that one now? Was no, that on the I, list? I think there are uh, there are copyright issues with that. But in this game, so so back in the early 80s, these games didn't even have graphics. That's how bad computers were back then. So it was called a text adventure. And the first location, when you turn on the game, the first location says West of House. And for whatever reason, for the past 10 years, that has been in my back pocket as a possible band name. Because it was obscure enough, which I'm always a fan of obscurity, and it had some geek cred. And it just kind of like Lance says, it, it flows off the tongue in a kind of an awkward way, but it draws you in. It's, it's intriguing. For sure. Hey, I have to admit, and I swear you, it must have lied to me then. I thought you said it came from the game, same era. I'm thinking the Apple Mac 2C. I don't know what that was, but Oregon Trail, I thought, is where this came from. No, that, that was if we were going to call the band Dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> no, it never came from what? Oregon Trail. I swear. Takes their, I the only band name you could have from Oregon Trail is like, you have died. I actually well, no, it was like, kind of agree Congratulations, you just well, Are you sold... thinking because maybe they're traveling west? Yeah. Well, no, I thought it was a line. Like, you know, they you got your, your I don't know, oxen and your grains and your whatever and it's like now proceed on to west of house to receive your new whatever moccasins that literally never happened i'm I'm glad you brought it up just so we can you know call you out and make fun of you Uh, that's enjoyable but no wrong wrong game it's a good story and And if we if we do an ep maybe we should call it dysentery we should (laughs) <laughs> I think that, I've told many people that it came from what, that Oregon Trail. So Well, it's not the first time you've lied to all our fans. They'll have to tune in to get the real story. Well, that's actually a rhythm so, section thought because I thought it was from Oregon Trail as well. Oh, my God. It's two against but, one. I think we're right. I think we're Kevin, <laughs> help me out here, man. Help me I out. I have no idea where it was from. You told me, Zork. I knew it was a text adventure. I didn't know it was like the first of its kind, though. Yeah, it's there's some interesting stuff there. There's actually a documentary on Zork. I'd, you know, direct you all to YouTube, and you can enjoy the geeky stuff just like I do. Because it's awesome. It's still cool. So, I don't care. Judge me if you will. I already have. Now, of course, harshly. Now, like all things, uh, I dig, I did dig deeper. And I always have secondary uh, meanings. I do not have dysentery. I always have secondary meanings to uh, the other, the things I come up with. So there is a secondary meaning to West of House. And I'm curious if you guys, uh, I think we've had the conversation, but do you know, or do you even remember that conversation? Mm, is it? Is it I political? do not. No. I recall the conversation with you about it, but I, wouldn't be able to tell you much more than, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. And I would have never thought of that. And Eric's got a bigger brain than me. I don't know why he can't <laughs> play drums. So <laughs> it's cause my hands and feet cannot do anything independent from each other. Ah, mine either. Uh, so uh, what I did was I, I looked into the symbolism 
uh, which I'm apt to do of, of West and Western and how that has been used by cultures and throughout history and found a lot of interesting things. And in a nutshell, uh, the Western movement is either seen as movement toward death or toward God or toward some type of eternal existence. Uh, going as far back as, as Judaism and in Buddhism, uh, even up to Lord of the Rings, where, you know, if you recall, we're, we're going geek again, you know, the elves, when they leave Middle Earth, they travel west, and the west is the undying land. And I've always had a fascination lyrically uh, with death, with the hereafter. I, I don't know if it's just the musician in me, if it's the poet in me, there's something that draws you in when doing something artistic with those subjects, uh, with ruminating about you know what happens after our time on this mortal coil is over, and that that journey to the West really resonated with me, and it made the name uh, it made me go from liking the name West of House to really loving it, and it even came out one of the first lyrics that I wrote after we had the name. Uh, it's, it says far to the West chasing the sun. The end is the beginning as we leave our house for home. And if you have listened to Christian of silence, you can actually hear that lyric, uh, in the background of the song, turn a phrase during a spoken verse part. And it's all about that journey. And I, I think this band also, I think West of house is about that journey where we're going, uh, where we are, where we hope to head to, and the things we experience along the way. And that shows up in, in the lyrics, in the artwork even, uh, for Crescendo Silence, which we'll talk about in a bit. And it's, I don't know, it's, to me, it's, it's so it's beyond the video game name, which is cool, but there's also that, that secondary layer of stuff, which I think is really deep. That is deep, and way to go on the Undying Lands to the West. Everyone Lord of the loves Rings. Lord of the Rings, man. That's, that's Come on. proper dorkhood right there. I'm, I'm very that's impressed. That's geekhood, not dorkhood. There's a difference between nerds, geeks, and dorks. I don't know. I think, we're, I think we're all dorks. Well, well done. So the, there, there's, our, there's our geek cred. We have now referenced Zork, Lord of the Rings, uh, <laughs> ancient uh, Kabbalah, you know, Judaism and we are all over the place. And Oregon this Trail is, by accident. And Oregon and Trail. Oregon Trail. Woo, there woo. are many layers to the onion that is west of house. Uh, so that's a little of our history. Hopefully you found it interesting. Now let's talk about, I mean, probably one of the most important topics um, about this band, which is how do you record during COVID? How do you record during a lockdown? So when we did Fallen, and even yesterday's, we were, we were still apart by distance, but we pulled it off. And then mid-March, you know, we get the call from well, California, from our government and uh, nationwide, hey, you're going into lockdown. No one's going anywhere. So what do we do? Hell, let's, let's record some more songs. Now, how does that work, guys? How did COVID recording work for you? Oh, sucks. Well, um, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. it, I don't know if COVID recording was the hard part or COVID 
songwriting was the hard part, you know? Um, if we're all in a room together, you can start playing something and we just kind of start playing and we kind of make the song happen. You know, that's a 10 or 15 minute thing sometimes. And this way, COVID wise and in different States, we're getting, uh, you send me a take. I give you a drum part. You might not get back to me till the next day. You might like it. You might not. You might have some ideas. And now I have to re-record and send you that. And and then maybe there's a baseline that I need to listen to. And maybe it's not there yet. And then maybe when I get the baseline, I change my part. And all that could take a week just for coming up with something before you even try seriously tracking it. So for me, uh, it was more difficult coming up with parts separate. Uh, once I had the part, then I could just sit down and would shut it out. I, I would say though, the nice thing about recording at home, and I don't know if this goes for you guys, but there are some days I just cannot do it. It just is not happening. I can't play for whatever reason. I'm off tempo. I forget stuff and I can just shut it down and come back tomorrow. You can't do that in the studio when you're paying whatever they charge nowadays, you have to go in and nail it. And being able to not have that stress was really nice. I'd imagine trying to edit and mix. What do you have now? 27 mics? I have 20 mics on my drum set. Twenty. Yeah, that's a whole nother layer. Cause for me, I, I just have one channel. How about that, Tony? Um, well, COVID actually is interesting cause as Eric mentions, you know, we did Fallen, and then yesterday's, I believe, was next. I recorded both of those in your garage, Eric, because I didn't have that capability. As we already discussed, I was only rocking 12 megabytes a second in my Wi-Fi <laughs> with a landline. And once March hit, and obviously that kind of changed that, we started talking about, hey, you need to, you need to get some equipment. You need to get an interface. I'm like, excuse me? Kazoon height, what is an interface? What is that? And fortunately, you had loaned one to a friend or whatever, and I took it from him and and then also called Spectrum and got new Wi-Fi. So thank you, Spectrum, a little commercial shout out there. And then for me, it was, I mean, you know, I remember a few nights, Tommy and I had to sit together and he kind of walked me through a couple things, but it was great for me because I could do it at any point. It was silent with three children. Um, just plug my bass in and play along. And so for me, it was actually kind of a blessing and it pushed me along the technology train, not the Oregon Trail, but the technology train. It's a different title <laughs> we can talk about later. Clever. And uh, the rest was a lot of fun because I think as Tommy said, sometimes I would go first, sometimes he'd go first. Typically, Eric would lay some type of scratch guitar, sometimes with vocals, sometimes with not. And um, I think more often than not, I went first. And like Tommy said, you'd throw it in a folder. It was kind of exciting to then wait. Eric would share it with the group. And then Tommy would come up within a week or two later. He'd, he'd have some stuff mixed. And it was super exciting to always hear what the next guy did. And then we'd wait for a guitar line or something else. And... It was neat to, to literally day to day listen to a song morph and change and just progress and develop. And most of it stuck. Sometimes we had to go back and change some stuff, but that was kind of a cool process. But like Tommy said, it's totally different than anything I've ever done where 
you're jamming, you come up with some stuff, you're, you're reacting to each other in the moment. And that's generally how songs have always been written in my experience too. So this was super fun and kind of a new project. For me, it was kind of, I guess the, the odds were in my favor being a uh, millennial Asian male. Um, <laughs> I, you, know, I, you don't hear that much. You really don't hear trifecta. people saying, hey, I got this going for me. Yeah. So I mean, And say those three things. <laughs> I, I, I literally grew up um, in like a technology household. So everything uh, we've had always like the cutting edge. Well, not cutting edge, but because we were kind of poor. But like good enough tech that we can get by and learn uh, new upcoming technologies on. So I think that that's definitely a benefit that... Uh, I had in my back pocket, so uh, I was familiar with recording guitars on my own, not to the extent that having this much time um, in isolation has granted me, you know, the abilities to to uh, you know pursue these these techniques. That um, yeah, I, I mean, it was easy for me to get started. Uh, Sorry to say, Lance. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, th- I think it was cool. It was a cool thing to to kind of coordinate uh, everything online, and I mean that was kind of a, a difficulty as well. But I mean, it all worked out in the end. Yeah, I'd say we uh, we did pretty well from from my perspective, and I know I've said it to you guys. In our texts and other stuff, uh, I don't know if we would have what we had without the lockdown. Uh, it forced me to really dig into Ableton to learn what to do. I started writing like crazy. I got the call from my work uh, that I was going to only go in every three days and telecommute the rest. And so I, I was home a lot. I, I'd be working in the morning and afternoon, and then I'd head to the studio at night. And it just put me in a different mindset. And normally my writing style, uh, I think up until 2020, if I wrote three songs in a year, it was a good year. I spent way too much time uh, just parsing everything. In 2020, I, God, I don't even know how many songs I've written this year. We're looking at 15, 20. Uh, If we're just counting parts, we're looking at more like 50. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. altogether. And I don't know how it came across. I kind of embraced a new style of writing, uh, way more stream of consciousness. And we'll talk about that later, but some of the songs were even, even the demos are done in one, one take, uh, echoes down the road is one of those songs where I had the chorus and the rest I made up as I pushed record on the demo. And that is the song that is on the album which is just weird that the song was literally written in four minutes, the, the music. Uh, lyrics, too, a lot of stream of consciousness. I'd just sit down, I'd, I'd pound it out, and sometimes figure out what it meant afterwards. And it was you know that whole routine of doing a quick demo, uh, even if there were mistakes all over it, because I knew I could just send it out to you guys, you'd do your parts, my mistakes would disappear, they'd come back, I'd redo my stuff, We'd lay down vocals and we were having song after song after song. And it was coming together so quickly 
Uh, the original plan was to do an EP. We were going to do a four to five song EP, uh, starting with Fallen. And then we had Yesterdays and just see what happened. Sometime April, early May, I think we looked at how much we had written and looked at how fast we were recording. And uh, I don't know who said it, but it came up and I think we just realized we had an album here. You know, we had enough songs to put together a full length release, which for a band that had never been in the same room together physically, uh, it's unheard of. Absolutely unheard of. Yeah, I, I and, still laugh at the, the fact that we haven't played one of these songs with even two of us. Let alone, I still haven't met Dave. I, I physically, <laughs> well, it you makes know, me we, we have to walk that back because we have played some of these songs. So two songs, two songs off this album were, I mean, I wrote them on an acoustic guitar, but they became songs for the Mad Ones. True. And that was Moving Shadows and Voyeuristic Symphony. So those songs did exist, but we have never been together as West of House. I think three of us have been in the same room at the same time. Either me, Kevin, and Tommy, or me, Lance, and Tommy, or me, Tommy, and Tommy's head. Uh, <laughs> you know. But other than that, uh, it, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that a band that has never, we've never played live, we've never practiced uh, we've gone the absolute opposite way. We made an album first before we had a proper band practice. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. It's, and it, it turned out great. I mean, when, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I'm going to say some biased things about the band, but the album's really good. People, if you put it on, it's a hell of an album. It's 10 songs of awesomeness. And that is from a band that never had a proper band rehearsal. We wrote songs and send them out. And I, I think they're pretty damn good. Definitely. And, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a lot to that. And so then, you know, we had the conversation. Hey, hey guys, we've got an album here. And then the next question, which is one of the worst questions for any band. Hey, what should we call it? The album. See, I remember that conversation. <laughs> you, know, you, you remember that conversation? Yeah. <laughs> now, why, why don't you take us through it? Take us through what, what you remember there, old man. What I remember of it. Uh, I remember that my idea didn't even get a reply on the group text. So Was that Pinecone? That was Pinecone. <laughs> and I don't know how I thought of Pinecone. I was just like, just think of something that means nothing, to has nothing to do with anything, just some random thing and... I don't know why Pinecone, but I thought pine I just cone. figured you you mixed your pills that way. <laughs> that maybe you took Friday's pills on a Tuesday. Uh, I don't know. That was it was. I can't remember some of the other names. I'm sure you guys have them somewhere. But uh, oh, actually, we we uh, there were a couple of names I can recall. In fact, there were two names that we ended up settling on, and the one we didn't use is going to be the next album name full full length album. Maybe we'll we'll see. Well, that was the we'll, plan. We'll see then. how it goes. That was the plan then. Uh, you know, let me. Uh, so we have a we have a Google Drive with everything on it. There is a document. I am pulling it up now. So I actually have. Oh, you know what? I found it. 
I I have. There was a document about this, uh, huh? With all the names and who? A whole bunch of names. So I'm, you know, I'm going to share some other names that we picked before we finalized on Crescendo Silence. <laughs> That's right. We voted. We and... had, <laughs> we, we we had votes. Here's how dorky we are. We we start a spreadsheet and we we vote for each name and then we tally it up. Then we have like a second round because we're just complete dorks. But it, it works. It works for us. And I just like seeing things on paper. But so we did agree on Crescendo of Silence. That was, uh, there were just four of us in the band on time. Dave hadn't joined yet. Uh, and that was all four of us picked it right off the bat. Uh, coming in uh, <laughs> second place uh, was a name that we're not going to tell you because we may use it in the future. But we also had an altogether unfamiliar feeling. Uh, long way to fall. That's a line from Fallen. Such a time as this. Voyage. See what else we got here. Nothing said is what to say. Our scars and our dreams. Silent witness. Whoa. That was obviously Tommy because that's, <laughs> yeah, God, that's terrible. That is terrible. <laughs> well, no, there's a story uh, driven, behind that, right? Because West of House, if you spell it out with the letters, oh, shut w- up, Tommy. O-H, yes. Is whoa. You're, and whoa. You know, W-H-O-A. Whoa. This plane. is why you're not allowed to be in charge of the artistic <laughs> stuff. What else do we have? Torment. Landscape. That had to be, that was probably Lance. Uh, we should call it landscape. That's true. Uh, that was nothing weird. ventured, nothing gained, and uh, then there are a few other obscene joke ones which we're not going to name. Uh, but Crescendo Silence, I think off the bat, we all voted for, didn't we? Yeah, just I, boom, 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 and, and that is, most. and that is a uh, well, we'll talk about it in in that song, but we can play a little bit right now. That is a line. From the song Holy Ghosted, and it goes like this. All right, so there you go. That's a, a, a little line from Crescendo of Silence. And, you know, we've done some interviews. We've done uh, quite a bit of press on this, on what this name means. Uh, so maybe we talk about that a little bit. And we'll make we'll make Lance talk Lance, about Lance, it. Lance. So so Lance, uh, what does crescendo of silence mean to me? Or because that's what's such a great name about it. It what can mean that, anything. It it means something to everyone. What what does it mean to you? Yeah. Well, when you when we first decided on it, and then I think we. I don't know if you asked that question, but I know for me, I started thinking about it. And I, when I think of crescendo of silence, I think of nature, I think of creation, and and just so many examples in nature for like a wave coming in silently and you know it's about to explode and it's like you're waiting for that anticipation or lightning in a distance, you know, sounds coming. If you're a dork like me, you always count, figure out how many miles away it is on average. Everyone counts. Everyone in the world counts. I hope so. I also think of like mountains being built. I think of just glacial 
history, I think of that was kind of where my brain went, where there's so much noise when you look at nature, even though it's silent. But for things to be created like that, um, it takes a lot of noise, but it's something obviously we're not always uh, lucky enough or maybe unlucky and depends on the situation, but to, to witness and to see. So for me, it, it really went nature. And that's why when I saw meaning or sorry, crescendo of silence and, and the meaning of it, I think that's why I picked landscape also because that did directly where it went to. And I'm like, Kevin, I like single word names. And then you kind of went into the political realm for me and I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense too. Which this album, you know, your lyrics, a lot of it kind of touches on all this unsettlement that we have currently in our nation and world, which I think drove a lot of your lyrics and, and for rightful so. But these these play on words of crescendo silence is just super bitching. So, you know, I, I do have to push back. Uh, my neighbors have ducks and I can assure you that nature is not silent, <laughs> especially in the morning. Uh, there is no like silence to pet, nature. <laughs> pet ducks? Who keeps ducks? Really? Seriously. My neighbors well, have a peacock. It's got to so. be. I was going to say a peacock is the worst. I grew up with Oh, well, yeah. Uh, thankfully, street. they don't have peacocks, so I got my blessings. That was good. I, I like that. I mean, the, I think the nature theme is there. Uh, I mean, in. It, you, you say correctly, you know, that I, I do write a lot about political things going on in the world and current events, but also the, the majesty of nature and the things in this world that are bigger than us are, are also talked about in our, in our songs. Tommy, how about you, man? What, what is the crescendo of silence to you? Uh, well, uh, what my initial thought was when there's something that needs to be said or done and it isn't, but it's obvious, the longer the silence, the louder the silence, if that makes any sense. I like sense. that. That's, that's good, dude. You're tracking. So We're on the same page. So that's kind of my, that was my initial initial thought with that it was good so I didn't put as many words as Lance did but I think I said more hey <laughs> you said all your words at the beginning about band camp so, sometimes nothing said is what to hey, say I could do a podcast about band camp <laughs> <laughs> all right we're, we're gonna skip that because there are probably children listening uh, Kevin it's time for you and all your verbiosity Tell us, tell us, young man. Uh, I think I think Lance and I agreed on the whole nature theme, um, which kind of I think influenced the the artwork as well when we sent it over to um, Michelangelo. Thailand. <laughs> Pretty sure it's not his name. <laughs> What's his name? Well, you know, I mean, you raise a good point and, and we segue into that. And I think Tommy kind of nailed it, you know, from my perspective, too. Uh, that silence when something needs to be said and it's not is absolutely definite. And at this point in time, as of this recording and the months prior, of course, uh, our nation, being the United States of America, is going through some stuff where things need to be said and they are not being said. 
And so we write them in songs, and they show up on CDs and on streaming music everywhere, should you choose to check it out. That brings us to a great segue, Kevin, and that is the the artwork for Crescendo Silence. So where a lot of things, lyrics and titles and all that stuff, band name, all this stuff is intentional. Uh, for the artwork, we, we gave it to an artist, uh, Michael Vincent Manilow, he so lives close. in, he, he's, he's not close. Is it, I'm probably going to get this wrong. Is, is it Thailand? Is he yeah. in Thailand? I thought it was. I think, he, I think it's in Thailand. Uh, I found some of his art on the internet. Michael Vincent Manalo, M-A-N-A-L-O. And if I'm pronouncing it wrong, my apologies. But it does sound but, like Michelangelo. Just yeah, it, there's kind of like Michelangelo. And Kevin is not good with words yeah, and names. So that's what I'm sorry, Manalo. It was that or Barry Manilow. But <laughs> regardless, I found his art on the internet and it's striking. Uh, just in its both symbolism and absurdity. And those are two things that are very close to my heart. And I, I think I sent a picture to Lance and I was like, dude, what do you think of this guy? And, and Lance dug it. And so we sent an email. We're like, hey, we'd like to commission you for an album cover. And I was expecting him to come back with a number where I was like, oh, okay, we're going to figure out Photoshop for ourselves. But he came back with a, I think a very reasonable price. Especially uh, what to, he produced. Yeah. Yeah. To do artwork. And so I, we sent him the idea. We said, Hey, this is called crescendo silence and it's hopeful and it's filled with melancholy and there are all these facets going on. And I gave him, you know, a couple paragraphs of, of kind of what the album meant at that time. Cause we had all, all the, uh, you know, the songs written and then we waited and uh, we did not give a lot of direction, which is, it's rare to kind of take our hands off those reins and give that power to someone else. Uh, it's frightening. It's extremely frightening to put your baby into someone else's hands. And I get an email, you know, two weeks later and he goes, uh, here's my rough draft. And I remember I opened it up. And my first response was, and if you're listening, Michael, this, this is not bad. My first response was, what the hell is this? Because <laughs> there's this kid, and you can pull it up online if you're listening, if you haven't seen the album. There's this kid, and he's standing in front of this valley, and it's all good. And then I realized this, this person in a rain slicker has antlers. <laughs> and and I'll, be, I'll be honest, my first response is, Oh my God, we just threw our money away. Well, that's what people don't know is we had to prepay for this. So it wasn't like he gave us the idea and we're like, no, I'll try something else. It was like, this is what you guys get. It was a blind date. Yeah. And we got Breaking Bad with a rack. And I, it was, it it was a blind date. And I mean, thank God there were four of us. So, so I mean, it wasn't horrible. We're not talking like thousands of dollars here. But, you know, yeah, we, we paid because when you commission art from a legitimate artist, they they deserve to be paid to make art. That's a whole nother podcast about how artists are deserving of compensation for the things that they pull forth from the bowels of their guts. Yeah, that's a season two episode right there. That's yeah, a season two episode. But he pulls this out and then he and I engage in this conversation on the the symbolism of antlers and dude sold me. 
He absolutely sold me. So we've got this solitary figure trekking through this valley toward this mountain. We've got the landscape. So Lance is happy. Yes. He's, he's in Ansel Adams heaven at this there's point. There's pine cones in there too. You know there are. There's, I'm sure there's yep. pine cones. So <laughs> Tommy's happy. <laughs> Kevin Kevin is asleep. So, so, so that's happy. all fine. <laughs> and he's journeying. He's going on this journey. He's by himself, which there's the melancholy. You know, that's what I love. And the antlers, they, they symbolize... Uh, you know, spiritual growth and maturity and moving into another plane of, of, of existence. And it, like I said, he, he sold me on it. And then I really started to love it. And then Tommy, I was talking to him and he started bringing stuff up about how antlers are living tissue and then, you know, parts fall away and then they come back and it's all this process. It's this journey. And for the band, you know, we talked about in the band name and moving west, and it's all about this journey and what we're moving, what we're moving toward, and gaining these experiences and gaining knowledge along the way, and you know, going through hardships and going through successes, and then like, ah, oh, man, I love Antler Guy now. <laughs> Antler Guy absolutely kicks ass, <laughs> and then he sends a second panel. Uh, for the back cover, which is on the CD, and you can find it on our website, of this kid. And now it's Antler Guy, but as a kid. Didn't that come out of nowhere? This, like, did it you, came out of nowhere. Did you know he was we, doing we, a second? Well, we paid for two, we paid for two panels because okay. I knew we were, doing, we were doing a CD and we will eventually have a vinyl for this. So he comes back with a second panel and it's the kid and he's got like a stuffed moose on his background. And a baby I, antlers. I, Baby antlers, and I'll be honest, that's the one I originally wanted for the cover, and I got outvoted, which is fine. But, you know, stuffed moose. I mean, how awesome that this guy spent so much work, and he had meanings for it, and now I freaking love it. I don't care what anyone says. It's just a fantastic cover because the antlers and where it's going, it draws your eyes in right away. You're automatically, you know, pulled into this journey with this guy and where he's going. And it fits this, the title crescendo of silence, because you can tell that even though there's silence in this landscape, it's really loud. There's a lot going on. Hey, did we ever get some explanation on the meth lab slicker? The raincoat? Yeah. <laughs> um, that, I mean, that's just smart. If you're going to go on a journey, you got to bring a raincoat. Okay. Obviously, looking at, like, I'm looking at the picture right now and the greenery, it's a very moist environment. Very you moist. Know, this is not a desert. So the slicker is, he's ready for the elements. Absolutely. You know? Some of this, us aren't very mature. On no, this, this, this person is, is prepared for the journey. I mean, wouldn't you bring a raincoat and go into a, a, a forested area and obviously what looks like fall or early winter? It just makes sense. So all that said, you know, I know I just gave a long spiel on this, but the guy knocked it out of the park and I would absolutely use him again in the future uh, because I have yet to receive a bad review on this cover from people who aren't in this band. People see this and they're like, oh my God, that's really cool. Yeah, I just love how you know? crisp and detailed. It's, it's, that's what struck me by 
his art, I mean, let alone the antler boy, is is a very shocking thing initially. And then, like you said, it grows on you like antlers. But I, I was oh, just amazed. I see even, what you did there. Did you see that? You're good. You picked up what I put down. I, even his examples and samples that he shared with us that you kind of let us check out. The one thing that stuck out in everything he did, it was all high quality. It was super detailed. It was crisp. And the colors are just unique. I, you don't see that type of coloring and shading or shadows or light or all of it, maybe. Um, my wife's the artist, no, I, but I, it's... I can't think of... I mean, I can't think of an album cover that's even remotely similar to it. You know, I mean, there's a lot of iconic album covers out there, and that's a whole nother episode where we start talking about music, and we will once we get into season two. But if you look at it, it doesn't bring to mind like, oh, this looks like a uh, Zeppelin album, or this looks like a, I think Warrant did something with forests. You know, none of that is there. <laughs> it's it's completely unique. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's like, it's lightning in a bottle. Yeah. You know, the fact that we came across this guy, I, I don't know what I was searching up. I think I was looking for like abstract album art something crazy on the Google and to find this guy and have it be our first choice and have him come back with something of such quality that we love it. We didn't waste any time on this album, Mark. Hey, be honest. You searched Michelangelo in Thailand, (laughs) didn't you? (laughs) Like who has a name that's like Michelangelo or Barry Manilow? (laughs) Who could do that? In the South Pacific. In the sun, and who doesn't live in America? Yep. And crushed it. It's just, I mean, it's, it's the quintessential West of House story. Uh, just basted in absurdity, which is, I, I think it's it's our whole existence. I mean, just by, by manner of having Tommy in the band. But we are basted in absurdity, and I absolutely love it. Yep. It turned out Kevin, great. what were your thoughts, Kevin? On the album cover, you mean? Yeah. Given the subject we're on, yes, on we're going to go with <laughs> that. Album cover. Especially because you're kind of a graphic artist yourself, Kevin. No, yeah. I, I initially appreciated the, uh, the drab color palette. Uh, I think it, it really captures the, the essence of the album, um, especially the... The illustration of silence, I, I think it portrays that really well. Um, him just staring off into a distant landscape kind of makes you feel like you're a part of that uh, part of that journey. Uh, to me, at least, that's those are my, my initial thoughts when first seeing first seeing the artwork. Um, but yeah, I, like you said, I don't think there are a lot of album <clears throat> a lot of albums with. Um, kind of darker color palettes. None that I can think of on the top, off the top of my head, at least. And just, I have a real appreciation for uh, abstract art like this, which is uh, border, bordering like realism, but abstract enough where it's, it doesn't make sense. That's, those are my favorite things to paraphrase sound of music. Yeah, I went there. <laughs> so, you know, we've got this uh we've got this amazing art and 
what the hell, let's release an album. So Crescendo of Silence released on September 4th, 2020. And, you know, we'll just kind of gloss over it a little, but uh, you know, we did pretty good for an independent band with no fan base because we've never played. Uh, we did pretty good. Our, our streams on streaming media are in the, in the tens of thousands, which is, is not bad. Uh, but I think my favorite thing were some of the reviews that started pouring in. Uh, and strangely enough, the vast majority of our reviews came from the UK, uh, specifically England, which was interesting. And I'm, I'm going to read some, uh, some quotes about Crescendo Silence, which you guys re- will remember. Uh, fresh out of the booth wrote, breathes inspiration and motivation into the listener. Artist Reach covered it and said, Crescendo of Silence is an innovative album that really puts West of House on a pedestal of their own. That almost makes me uncomfortable. That's too nice. Uh, uh, Dancing About Architecture, good friend writes for them. Uh, I love this one. He wrote, full of songs which fuse past sounds with more modern sonic visions where rock weight is tempered by cooler indie control, where pop immediacy is balanced with the more ambient, understated, and even graceful musical backdrops. Mm. Uh, As artists and musicians, uh, I don't know if you guys can appreciate, you guys meeting the listeners, how much stuff like this means to members in a band. Uh, to have people say such kind things about the songs that we've created, about the music we make, uh, really meant a lot. Uh, I don't know. How, how did you guys feel? Yeah, I think any art is vulnerable, right? If you're pouring yourself into it, somebody doesn't like it, it it's, I don't know if offensive is the right word, but it's kind of a letdown. So, you know, all of those reviews are pretty incredible as they kept rolling in it was pretty fun to read about to some stranger giving their opinion about you and the the music and art you made we made uh is pretty powerful i I think my favorite thing or one of my favorite things that stands out is someone called it genre hopping and uh that stuck with me because we kind of had the same thing going back in the God complex days, we did a four song EP and every song was different. And this CD is that way too. So I think that goes toward the fact that we are making this art the way we want to make it. We're not trying to get pigeonholed into doing a whole CD of pop or a whole CD of rock or whatever it is. We have this song and this is how we're doing this song. And then we're going to do this next song and it's going to be totally different. So I like the, Going back, I was frustrated when we did God Complex stuff and people were like, well, who do you sound like or what kind of music is it? And I didn't know what to say, but genre hopping, I really like that. So I'm actually stealing that forever for this band and probably anything else we do. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but uh, I'm terrible at receiving compliments. I don't know if it's like a, a musician thing or like an artist thing, but I just it makes me uncomfortable. 
it's i mean it's it's obviously it's nice to hear but i just don't know how to react to it uh in a way that that doesn't make me feel like a a butthole (laughs) (laughs) just just smile like just smile i i mean i think well no i i resonate with that i mean it's hard you read stuff like that and you never want it to devolve into an egotistical thing into thinking that, you know, we're better than other bands because insert reason why here we obviously, we don't make music to get compliments. We don't make music to try to be better than anyone. We just make music from our hearts and, you know, Tommy kind of nailed it. I mean, genre hopping is what we are. You listen to crescendo of silence and you've got bits of new wave and hard rock and pop and ambient and post rock and classic rock. And I mean, uh, electronica they're industrial. There is, we run the gamut just because that's what we're feeling at the time. Uh, one of the great things about being an independent band and, you know, I'm sure Tommy can commiserate cause he was in God complex with me and we were signed. And when you're signed, you're kind of expected to a certain thing. Uh, but with this, we all have jobs. You know, they they pay the bills. So we can do really whatever the hell we want. We make music for us, and we really hope you enjoy it. But at the end of the day, we're still making music for us. If no one listened to anything we did, yeah, um, it would suck. But we'd still just keep making music. Because it, it's what keeps us going. It's what moves us forward. I shudder to think that there is a day somewhere, hopefully in the far future, when I won't feel the urge to create. And I don't want that day to come anytime soon. Uh, regardless of age or stage in life, you know, I think we can all agree as a band that the call and the pull to create art and to throw it out into the world is so incredibly powerful that we will not be stopping anytime soon. Agree? Disagree, Hopefully. gentlemen? Amen. I think Tommy said earlier that it's a kind of uh, a benefit of, of recording from home. It's like if you don't feel like doing it one day, you might feel like doing it the next. If not the next, then the next. It's not something that's constrained or we don't, we're not paying for studio time which is nice so we kind of work on it at our own pace yeah it's wonderful and it you know makes more sense why i don't pay you (laughs) so that's (laughs) we're all working for free (laughs) no no i'm not getting paid (laughs) i am i am definitely paying more than i am getting paid but not as much as the 90s and early aughts when Tommy and I were paying several hundreds of dollars an hour to record in famous studios. We recorded on tape back then, and I remember on, we were on struggling. analog tape. We were struggling to buy the tape. We were so <laughs> broke as a band, and, and we actually bought the tape across the street and like a block down from Sunset. Had to walk down, buy two rolls of, of analog tape, two-inch tape, and it was like, well, I hope we can get it all on this because this is all we have. <laughs> I, I'm looking I'm looking to my left, Tommy, and I can see that tape from the Sunset Sound, uh, Sunset Sound Studios. 
Oh, it is right boy, there. So cool. if you ever get a, if you ever get an analog tape machine, maybe we can uh, <laughs> re- remix and remaster that thing. Oh. So that's us in a nutshell. Uh, this will, I don't know. I I anticipate this will be the longest episode from the from the ones moving forward. Uh, just because we have a lot to say and we wanted to introduce ourselves properly to you. So the next 10 episodes, each one will tackle a song from Crescendo of Silence. We are going to dissect it and play stems from it and talk about the meanings and lyrics and have funny anecdotes. And I'll probably fire Tommy at least <laughs> twice, twice or thrice. Thrice. <laughs> An episode, maybe. Maybe, and then, you know, we'll, I don't know, throw in an episode of what's going on next and then kind of move on to season two, hopefully, uh, if there's people out there who find this interesting. We thank you for putting up with our foibles, for our obviously uh, amateur hour that we're trying to do here with our first podcast. This is brand new, but this has been a lot of fun, guys. Would you agree? Absolutely. We should do more of it. <laughs> Can we just say no? And, and fire <laughs> Kevin. No? I predict Kevin will not be present. Kevin, as much. you know what? I, I anticipate you only being in like, you know, 40% of the episodes from here on out with, with an attitude like that. Am I fired? In the meantime, you can find us all over social media. If you would like to stream our music, we are on Spotify and Apple Music and Tidal and. Google Music and YouTube Music and all the music's out there wherever you would stream music. Just look up West of House. You can find us on Bandcamp at westofhouse.bandcamp.com. There you can buy Crescendo of Silence. I think it's selling for the low price of $7. You are welcome to pay any amount you want if you like our stuff and would like to support us, and we would greatly appreciate it. Well, any amount above 7 any amount above seven. You can't actually pay less than seven yet, but you can still listen for free on streaming uh, if you wish. That That's our gift to you. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or the Twitter under West of House Band. And if you search us up on YouTube, we've got some videos up there. We've got videos for Fallen, Yesterdays, Moving Shadows, and hopefully even more coming up soon. Maybe Tommy will do a drum video or something. You, you never know what's going to show up on YouTube. There's but a, check us out. As I say, there's a video for a song that isn't on this CD that we did. So people can go check oh, there that is. out. Well, yeah. there, there's yeah. a floating B-side out there. Killer for protest song. Floating there's a video B-side. for that. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll talk about that. But please subscribe. Get us to 100 subscribers and we can actually have a customized name for our URL. And then we've known, we know that we've hit the big time. But we so appreciate what, what, your time. Go ahead, what Tommy. Is, what is our YouTube URL? Do you want to tell right. it to the listeners? <laughs> yeah, sure. So you want to go to... This will take up the next hour. <laughs> so you want to go to YouTube.com backslash channel that's, backslash. that's actually a forward slash for is that oh, a forward yes. slash i think you sorry let me start over sam you want to go to youtube.com forward slash channel forward slash let me do the breath again 
UCS8U3YZH5KR69BENEEAZZEW. That's using Tango Alpha Niner. Cap sensitive. You know what? It probably is cap sensitive. So that's why we just give us 100 subscribers so we don't have to read that damn thing again. This is ridiculous. That's our next album name right there. My God, I can't believe they do that to you. Well, that's why you just search West of House. 7,500 views on the Moving Shadows video, and I still can't get a customized URL. That's that's my life, people. That is my life that's and my point. existence. 75,000. We thank you. We thank you. Not 75,000. Did I say 75,000? I, I didn't, know. did I? 7,500. 75,000 would 40, be amazing. 7,500. At this time. 60% of the time, it works every time. Yeah, that's right. Hey, I think, though, 75,000, we have at least that many streams on Spotify, right? Yeah, yeah, we're somewhere around there. So that would go good. with the tens of thousands. I didn't want to sound braggy. Yet we <laughs> can't know. get 100 people to subscribe. That's the trap. Yeah, I can't here. get it. <laughs> Just 100. You know, I think we're at like 40. So 60 freaking people. Go subscribe. Help us out, man. Just log in. Then to your I can friends. just say you. Then I can say youtube.com slash West of House Band. Just it's everybody, it's a lot easier. Yeah, go ahead. Rolls so like, off the tongue. <laughs> I was gonna say everybody, just go log in with your friends, uh, YouTube at their house, and just click subscribe. No Why harm, would they no be foul. at someone's house? We're in the middle of COVID, Tommy. They shouldn't be at anyone's house. <laughs> they should be <laughs> at their own house. Should be, but that, come that's on now. bad science you are preaching here. It's Utah. They don't follow I didn't say those anything rules. About Seriously, that's yeah, why your that's why your state is in the purple. The purple. Wait. I don't even know. We're purple. Right. So we're we are digressing. We're out. talking nonsense <laughs> now. But thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to us. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Thank you for listening to our songs. We have so much planned in the future. And eventually we'll tell you about that. We know, and that's cool, but there's a lot to come. And so, hey, we're, we're going to say goodbye again. My name is Eric. I'm Lance. This is Tommy. I'm Kevin. And along with Dave, we are West of House. And thank you for joining us for episode one of Echoes Down the Road. Goodbye. Tommy's new name is Barney, the purple dinosaur.